So we should get close to maybe 95 on it. So the initial purchase on it was about 26,000. And we put probably about 30 in it. Welcome, my friend, to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless. And before we get into the show in today's episode, which I know you'll get a lot of value from because we're, we stay out of all the fluffy stuff and we get straight into the good stuff of real estate investing advice, I want to give a quick shout out to today's sponsor, and that's Patch of Land. Uh, they are making this show possible and they're making tons of flipping projects possible all across the country. If you don't know about Patch of Land, then they are the number one company to go to for uh, projects that you're flipping uh, because they have all the money available right now. Um, once you get approved for your your deal and yourself as a sponsor or a borrower, um, you're going to be funded by them. And then they go raise the money through their crowdfunding platform. So you don't have to worry about all that. They'll take care of the, the money and the funding for you. You just have to worry about making sure your project's, project's a success. Uh, they've got something really cool for you. So um, if you are just learning about crowdfunding, uh, they've come up with a guide. It's called the Top 10 Crowdfunding Questions Guide. And they're all the, the questions that you might be asking yourself. And they're all the answers. They don't leave you hanging. They've got answers too. All the answers to those, those 10 crowdfunding questions. So you can go to patchofland.com forward slash best ever and get that guide. Uh, and if you think you know everything about crowdfunding, I check this guide out just in case because there are some interesting aspects that you'll learn. So go to patchofland.com forward slash best ever and get that guide. Hi, best ever listeners. Welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. My name is Joe Fairless, and we've got a wonderful guest for you today, a wonderful best ever guest for you today. Before we get into that, I want to thank everyone who's done the five-star iTunes rating and review. And you don't have to give me five stars. You don't think I, I deserve five stars, but I recommend that you go out there and, and please uh, do a review of the show, an honest review of the show, and I'll be reading more reviews as they come in. And giving a shout out to you. Hopefully, I've deserved a five star, but hey, never know. So, with that being said, if you're a first time listener, then you're in for a treat. This is a podcast all about helping you move your real estate investing business forward. We don't get into that fluffy stuff, we get into the, the hard hitting insights from our best ever guests. And uh, with us today, we've got Lori Thomas. How you doing, Lori? I'm doing great. How are you? Doing great as well, my friend. Lori is based in Hastings, Michigan, and she has worked in the land and title industry as an examiner for approximately 30 years. She currently handles the tax foreclosures in eight counties in Michigan. She's also the founder of Lash Properties. Got to ask her how that came about, the name Lash, L-A-S-H Properties, where she's doing a rehab project right now, and she's looking at a duplex that's on her plate right now. And we were just exchanging stories of Michigan and Lubbock, Texas. I was born in Michigan, in Flint, Michigan, and I went to school at Texas Tech in Lubbock, and 
She was telling me her brother used to live there and had a pet armadillo in Lubbock. And she is obviously in Michigan, so we had a lot of geography talk before the show. So with that being said, Lori, you want to give the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background and what you're focused on? Yeah. Um, well, the way Lash Properties came about was my first name is Lori and my daughter's name is Ashley. So I just took L-A-S-H and made it Lash Properties. I love so it. So that's really where that came from. I actually have a video on YouTube about it, surprisingly. Because a lot of people <laughs> ask me <this> question. <laughs> Your logo, I can just see it. It's just like a a, a, a nice eyelash with like maybe a, a, a like a blue eye with the eyelash coming down and maybe like L-A-S-H on each of the eyelashes or something. That's a good idea. That's a good idea. I was thinking more like a whip. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, I don't know. <laughs> hey, whatever you're into. <laughs> Lash those prices, right? <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, so anyway, um, I've been in, like I said, you covered my background pretty well. I'm from Michigan originally. I lived in Miami for a little while and moved back here, lived in Kalamazoo for a while. I actually worked up in Kalamazoo. I took care of my parents for the last uh, few years. They both passed away. God bless them. And uh, now it's kind of my time. I've got my daughter off to college and I decided real estate investment, this was the time to do it. And I think we've got a great market for it right now. I think it's wide open for whoever has the has the bravery to jump out there and do it. Um, this is the time. I really think our market's perfect for it. Yeah, let's talk about the last 30 years of you working in the land and title industry as an examiner. What exactly does that mean? Well, you know, everybody's done a clothing, so when you go to the title company to close on a house or a property, um, there's a title commitment, okay? I'm the person behind that title commitment. I'm the person you never see. I'm the person who knows everything about you and you know nothing about me, <laughs> basically. Um, I know if you've been through a bankruptcy, a divorce, I know all the terms of, of pretty much anything that went a public record and sometimes stuff that didn't go public record. So basically that's what I do is I find out who has interest in the property, you know, who's in fee title, simple, who uh, has a mortgage, who has a lien, you know, are there federal liens, are there state tax liens? I just run the gamut. I also skip trace on people, too, to find them for addresses and stuff. So basically, I'm the person in the background. You're the person in the background, and <laughs> what's your outcome? Like, you're doing all this research, you're looking at bankruptcies, divorces, liens, but why are you doing that? What's your role in the process? Basically, what I do is is the research that I find determines what requirements they will need a closing. It's gonna whether they're gonna need a discharge of a mortgage, whether they're gonna need a a discharge of a state tax lien or liens paid off, whether we're gonna need a quick claim deed from an ex wife or the recording of a divorce. Basically, I set all the requirements that commitment to give them clear title to that property. And are you working for a private institution on this? I worked for some title companies. I worked for Transnation for a while, and also I worked for First American Title. Currently, I am in a little bit different industry where we do the tax foreclosures for the county. And in Michigan, we're a tax deed state. So we actually, after... When the third year of the taxes become delinquent, the taxes go to the county. The county 
sends them over to us. We do all the research, just like a title examiner would do. We find out who has interest, and then we do the first class, the certified, and the newspaper publications for the final year of that foreclosure process. And then by March 31st, if they're not paid the following year, they go ahead and they foreclose. They do judicial foreclosure, and then the county will sell them. We do auctions, and they will auction them off. So So you're seeing properties go through each of these steps in the foreclosure process way before most people see them, right? Yes. Yes, with the tax foreclosures, yes. And are you able to acquire them before the auction? Well, you know, you can buy them from a private individual. They're a private individual, and if, they're, if they say, hey, I'm going to abandon this property. As a matter of fact, I did buy one last year from a gentleman who was abandoning the property. He had a land contract holder that went bad on him and left him stuck with a lot of debt. And he was he's disabled, and uh, so I offered to buy the property, pay off whatever mortgage he owed on it, and pay all the back taxes, and that's the rehab that I have right now, as a matter of fact. You know, or you can wait for them to go to tax sale. You know, I probably would have got it cheaper at tax sale, but, you know, it helped him out. Because if he walks away and he abandons that property, even though we've given good notice to that bank, that bank can still hold him liable for that mortgage and make him pay it. And and they'll let the asset go. And they'll make him still pay. And uh, that's kind of an unfair situation from my viewpoint. So... I'd rather just pay off his mortgage for him so that he's free of that debt. Right. How did you approach that conversation with him? Did you tell him that, hey, I'm, I'm working on tax foreclosures for the... Are you working for the county itself? We're actually contracted by the county to handle all of the legal aspects of the foreclosures. And basically, people will send us cards back or they'll call us. So we talk to them a lot. And... Uh, You know, if they've got a situation where they're walking away from a property and they're just going to abandon it, you know, the only thing the county's concerned is the county just wants the taxes paid. That's all the county wants, you know. It isn't about taking somebody's property. Nobody wants them to get foreclosed on. But, you know, people are in bad circumstances sometimes and they just can't get out. And uh, this was just their way out, walking away from it, you know. So I would rather, you know, that they not, you know, the gentleman himself doesn't have to suffer because he walked away from a property and some bank is going to hold him liable for a mortgage, you know, and then I don't have to go and fight somebody at a tax sale. Now, typically yeah. I wouldn't, wouldn't do that, but, you know, it's, it's there, it's public record, and anybody could have contacted him and bought, a property from, bought the property from him, you know, because it's not a big secret that it's a tax sale, so... Had he been contacted by other people? Generally, I don't, I usually don't, uh, it's, it's not like where I get my business from, you know. This just happened to be a situation where, you know, I happened to be talking to the people and I said, you know, would you like to sell it? And they said, well, sure, you know. And so I just happened to buy it. So, you know, it's not something, I don't really look at what I do at work. I don't really look at that for, like, say, leads for my business. Are they there? And- yeah, sure, they're there but I don't really pursue them, you know. How come? Well, you know, it's kind of like those really aren't my, you have that line of ethics. You know, I have an employer, there's a job that I do there. Now, if something happens to fall into my lap like this one did, fine, you know. But I don't want to abuse that position either, you know. 
So, I mean, there's nothing unethical about it, but, you know, I'm sure a lot of people who go, oh, yeah, you have a, you know, you have an end. Well, I don't really have any more in than anybody else. I mean, all of these properties are posted in the newspaper. You know, anyone can look in the public records and, and send out mail and contact these people. I just have a little more access to them than probably the general public would, you know, because we do skip tracing. What's skip tracing? Skip tracing is, say you send a letter out to somebody and it's coming back as a bad address. So what we do is we go into, say, LexisNexis, and we do a search for that person. And it will skip trace them um, based on their old address and their information, and it will find a new address because information is coming into that system all the time from the post office, from the Secretary of State. They all get fed into that system. And so it will say, okay, well, they moved over here, and that's where we're finding them now. So we'll mail out to them at that address. Did the gentleman who you purchased this property from, had he received calls from other investors who had found his property in the newspaper or through public records? You know, I don't I don't know. I know the neighbor wanted to buy it really bad and he didn't know how to get a hold of him, but you know, he might have gotten mail. I don't I don't know. I mean his current address was right on the on the property. I mean we didn't have any trouble locating him at all, so he wasn't hard to find. What were the numbers behind the property? This little house, it was a little three-bedroom ranch with one bathroom and a partial bathroom downstairs. And it probably, ARV, if you left it a, a three-bedroom, would be around 80. We're expanding it to make two bedrooms downstairs and a full bath downstairs. So we should get close to maybe 95 on it. I paid off his mortgage and uh, his mortgages and the back taxes water bill I've been paying because it's been vacant. So the initial purchase on it was about 26000 and we put probably about thirty in it. So it'll be a nice spread, actually, on it. Real quick, can you do those numbers one more time? You put you bought it for how much, Twenty six k. I bought it for about $26,000. Uh-huh. But you're putting about thirty. Yeah, we initially thought about twenty two into it, and we're probably going to put about thirty into it. And we should be able to sell it for about 95 or 99 So the spread's nice. pretty good on it. Yeah. How much time will it take you from start to finish, do you think? Well, we initially thought it was just going to be a four-week project, but because it had fallen onto the vacant and abandoned list, the city had to do an inspection, which took them almost three months to do. <laughs> so we just started construction on it just a couple weeks ago. So it has been held up, so it's been extra expenses with insurance and things like that, so... You should always want to check with your local municipality. Yeah, no kidding. I haven't come across that before on a show where someone said the vacant and abandoned list held them up for three months. That's really interesting and important to note. Is there a way that you can check that with the county? I'm sure every yeah. county is different, but can you check that with the county before you buy something? Yeah, you want to call the uh, local municipality like this, for example, was in the city. And if you call down to the city code department, they can tell you if there's been a complaint or if that's fallen onto the vacant list. Like, for example, they charge me $40 a month on that property because it's vacant. Mm, I get charged $40 a month until we complete everything and get an occupancy permit again. So it was just a, you can actually, um, what the gentleman at the city said, that you could call you could have the current owner, if you're thinking about buying something that's vacant, 
the current owner can actually go to the city and ask for the inspection. And that way they can they can start it ahead of time, you know, before you actually right. purchase the property so that it's done and you don't get held up like that. I think you can pay them too. I think you can pay them like 400 bucks or something like that and then they'll get in there quicker. When you're looking at these properties, and in particular this one, but I'm thinking about other ones as well in the future, but how are you financing them? This particular one, I I finance myself. I'll probably never do that again because I was fairly new in investing. You kind of have to have a track record. You kind of have to have relationships built in order to get somebody to back you for a rehab because a rehab is a big jump. It really is. And I jumped in head first. I mean, it's like those people who jumped into the ice water. That's kind of what I did. <laughs> and, you know, I learned a lot of very valuable lessons. And uh, I'm not sorry I did it. But I took an equity line against my current house because I had a lot of equity in my current house. And I was in a position where I could do that. But I wouldn't recommend using your own funds to rehab because, uh, you know, if you got if you get held up, like I've gotten held up in this, um, sometimes you're kind of robbing Peter to pay Paul after a while because your, your money's just going out and out and out and out and nothing's coming back in. So I would recommend, you know, getting a lender, a private lender or a short-term lender to do any project for sure. Yeah, I guess the only challenge with that is what is your interest rate on the the line that you have against your current house? I think it's about 4%. Yeah, you probably triple that with a, a private lender unless you've got a good online lender or something like that or a local person. So that would be the only thing where your your profits can be eaten up if you have a holding period like this. But a normal a normal flip time frame if there is such a thing if the, I think that might be an oxymoron but a shorter time frame I think um certainly uh, that would make sense at least from from what I can tell yeah well and you know if if you're good at doing rehabs and you know what you're doing you know you can go in there and knock them out and you know if you don't have anything you know this I just decided you know I'm just going to do it <laughs> it's just kind of that way so I just kind of jumped in and did it and and now uh, you know, I was not. I did not see this coming from the city. I didn't see it coming at all. So that was a lesson well, well learned. To me. Yeah, well, uh, and I'm so glad that you shared it with us because it's a lesson learned for you know many others. I've done 370 plus of these episodes. I've had a lot of fix and flippers on the show, and I haven't heard of checking the vacant and abandoned list before you buy something because it could cost you a lot of time. So that being said, Lori, what is your best real estate investing advice ever? You know, something that he and Flanagan says a lot, and I really agree with him. He says, sometimes the best deal is the deal I didn't do. And that's probably my best investing advice because so many of us are eager just to do a deal that sometimes we'll just get ourselves into a bad deal. You know, we don't really think it through. And I really think putting a lot of thought into a purchase before you do it. Like this house, for example, yeah, the city held me up for four months, but you know what? The numbers were so good, I just couldn't lose money. You know, really, seriously, I couldn't lose money on this deal. So 
I was fortunate that I had a good deal, I had a good interest rate, and I could sit on it. And, but you just never know what's behind the walls when you're rehabbing, and you just never know what's out there sometimes on some of these properties. So I think that's it. It's just really looking at the deal and don't try to fudge the numbers because you're just going to hurt yourself in the long run. You ready for the best ever lightning round? Yeah. All right. Well, let's do it. First, a quick word from our best ever partners. Crowdfunding. You've heard about it. Now it's time for you to learn about it. Our best ever sponsor today, Patch of Land, they're the leading expert in the crowdfunding space, and they've got all the answers to all of your crowdfunding questions. Go to patchofland.com forward slash best ever and get your copy of the top 10 answers to the top 10 crowdfunding questions. That's P-A-T-C-H-O-F-L-A-N-D.com forward slash best ever. Lori, what's the best ever book you've read? I really liked Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Robert Kiyosaki. Yeah, very influential on myself, definitely uh, one of the first real estate books I read. And best ever listeners, you can check out Robert Kiyosaki on this show. Just Google Robert Kiyosaki, Joe Fairless, and that episode will pop up. Best ever personal growth experience and what you learned from it? You know, I think the best personal growth experience I had was taking care of my parents. We take so many things for granted. And my father was bedridden for about a year and uh, in a hospital bed at home. And my mother had dementia. And, you know, it's really hard to realize that we're such fragile beings. We really are. But we don't realize how fragile we are, you know. We're so young and we think, oh, we can just whip the world. But, you know, eventually you get to that point where something in your system, either your body goes bad on you or your mind goes bad on you. And, and I've had both sides of it taken care of my parents. And, but I'll tell you, I wouldn't change a thing. I took care of my mom and my dad to the day they passed away at home. And I, and I worked full time and I had some people who came in and helped me and, and thank God I had those people available to me. But I think the best growth experience I ever had was just making sure that my parents were able to stay home to their last day and having that knowledge. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I hope. My daughter can do that for me, but she might have to lock me up. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I told her I'm going to try to make enough money in real estate so she can just lock me away. (laughs) With a golden key, right? Yep, with a golden key. Lori, what would you say is the biggest mistake you've made in real estate? Wow, biggest mistake. I, I don't know yet if I've quite made the biggest mistake yet. I don't think I've given my enough, myself enough chance to make a real big mistake yet. You know, you know what I'm saying? Like I said, you know, with the, with the rehab, you know, contacting the local municipalities. The biggest thing I think is I kind of jumped in head first, and maybe I shouldn't have. And but you know, the problem with this business is you can sit in fear all the time that you don't have enough money or you don't have the right people in place. Or you can just jump in and do it. So I think my thing is, is I'm a little quick sometimes to pull the trigger. Like I'm buying a, I'm buying a duplex right now in Grand Rapids that should be closing this month. And uh, I got tired of paying rent for my daughter. So she's going in one side and I have somebody already in the other side. So I'm hoping that was a really wise investment, but I will find out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll keep our fingers crossed for that one. 
Exactly. So I don't think I've allowed myself to make a really big mistake yet, but we'll see in time. Lori, what's the best ever place to reach you? Well, if you're in the business, you can go to www.wholesalers.com and get on my buyer's list. Or you can go to, uh, you can just send me an email at lashpropertiesllc at gmail.com. You have wholesaler. You have wholesalers.com? I do. I have lash, uh, www.lashwholesalers. Oh, lash wholesalers. Got it. I thought you were saying you had wholesalers.com. Oh, no. Mm. Okay, lashwholesalers.com. Got yeah. it. Okay, mm-hmm. cool. Well, Lori, thank you so much for being on the show and sharing your advice with the best ever listeners and talking about your learnings from this flip property and the main one being check the vacant and abandoned list with the county before buying it because there could be some major delays. And then also you know, talking about your uh, personal growth experiences with your dad and your mom and the learnings that you got from that about us being fragile human beings and really a life is so, so precious and it's pretty damn easy to forget about that, but then it's pretty damn easy to be jerked into reality at a moment's notice when certain things happen in life. So I think it's better to constantly remind ourselves of that on a, every morning I always start out my days with, well, not always, I try to start out my days with some gratitude and thinking about all the things I'm grateful for. And one little ritual I have with my girlfriend is before we eat, we always mention one thing that each of us are are grateful for. So I think that's important because, boy, things certainly can go in different directions immediately and at a moment's notice. So thank you so much for being on the show and and sharing your insight and personal experiences. And we'll talk to you soon. Well, thank you for inviting me.